0: God, we quiet our hearts and we invite you into this space once again and we ask that you would speak to us, that you would be with us in these moments and that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to listen and a willingness to hear what you have for us. In your name I pray. Amen. So it's been a weird couple of weeks for me in terms of sermon prep, and I'm learning on the fly that you can plan all you want for what you want to say, uh, but God sometimes has other things and other plans for you. Last week, I began writing a sermon, something that I felt like God was laying on my heart, and so I began to write it, and then I got stumped. And it stalled out, and I was confused, and I wasn't sure what was happening, and I ended up asking Steve to take Saturday's service for me, because I just didn't have it. I didn't know what it was, and I knew that we were kind of switching off, and I was preaching today, so I thought, well, he could take Saturday, and I'll I'll do it today. And so fast forward to this week, and I picked up the sermon again, and I began to write. And... So I'm presenting to you today what I actually was going to present last night. But late Friday night, I was browsing Instagram and came across the Niagara Folk Arts um, Instagram page saying that there was a vigil to be held last night uh, in honor of the people who had lost their lives in New Zealand. And I felt like God was whispering to my heart then, Let's bring the Saturday people, and let's join with our community, and let's stand against hate and violence with love. And so, I didn't preach the sermon. Today, though, I had planned to speak something totally different to you. Uh, And then, yesterday afternoon, I felt like God was saying, you know what, the sermon that you prepared for last night, it's time for you to preach it here today. And so... That's what I'm doing, and so I won't be preaching from the Luke passage. I am actually preaching from Romans today. There is so much fear in the unknown, and sometimes we let that fear take hold, and we lose sight of who Jesus is. This season of Lent has been a real eye-opener for me. Uh, to be honest, other years that I've given up things for Lent, I've lasted maybe a day, and then I'm right back to the thing that I had given up. But this year, it's different. I gave up Tim Horton's coffee. And that might sound like something that's insignificant, uh, but what I've realized through this is that I've used the coffee and Really, it's the quiet trip in the car to my local coffee shop uh, to find comfort. uh, And I haven't turned to God for comfort. And so it's not that there's anything wrong with Tim Horton's coffee. There really isn't. Uh, But what is wrong for me personally is that I was using that as a way to uh, not seek God, but to comfort myself in ways that I didn't really know was happening. So what I want to kind of ask you, and what I've been asking myself, is what do sermon writing and vigils and Tim Hortons coffee have to do with Romans 10? Well, let me read it for you. So I am preaching Romans 10, and it will be 5 to 13. Moses writes about the righteousness that comes from the law. The person who does these things will not live by them. But the righteousness that comes from faith talks like this. Don't say in your heart, what will you go up into heaven? Oh, who will go up into heaven? That is, bring Christ down. Or who will go down into the region below? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the message of faith that we preach. Because if God raised him from the dead, you will. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart you have faith that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Trusting with the heart leads to righteousness, and confessing with the mouth leads to salvation. The scripture says all who have faith in him won't be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord is Lord of all, who gives richly to all who call on him. All who call on the Lord's name will be saved. My school, McMaster Divinity College, has a paradigm or a philosophy about how they teach. And I believe it comes from the writings of Henry Nouwen knowing, being, and doing. I see this as the connections to our passage. And it's the head heart compassion, or the head heart connection to our faith. So let's talk about what it means to know God with our brain or with our head. I believe, believe this is where we find the things that we do as Christians. We read our Bibles, we go to church, and we pray. What else could that include? It's the knowledge we get from things like sermons, religious books, from talks we have with other Christians. This is kind of the equivalent of doing all the right things. This means following the rules. There isn't anything wrong with following the rules. We're meant to follow them. There's a reason why we're given the Ten Commandments and why... Jesus gives us the rule to love God and to love people. It's important for us all to have guideposts along the way to know how we are to live and follow Christ. For some people, though, this becomes a checklist or a recipe. There's a prescribed order of things to do, and we can get into the mindset that if we do these things and we check off all the things and we tick all the boxes, that we think that that's how we're saved. But it's more than that. This is kind of the section of the knowing part of the philosophy of my school. Confessing with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. If we confess something, it's safe to say that we should know. We should have knowledge about what it is that we're confessing. So if we're confessing Christ, we should know Christ. Jesus didn't come to banish the law of the Old Testament He came to fulfill it. It isn't that we aren't supposed to follow the Old Testament anymore. But when you look at the Ten Commandments, it can be boiled down to what Jesus asks of us in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor. It's not less difficult. In fact, I would say it's a lot more difficult when we look at the life of Jesus and how he lived To love people and to love God is difficult sometimes. The passage of our scripture says that if we confess and believe in faith, that we are saved. There are things that I just know and I believe in and I trust. I trust science and the laws of gravity. I accept that I won't just float away into the atmosphere. I know and believe that I love my children, right down to the core of who I am. I know it in my heart. I also know that I'm a complicated person. It takes faith for me to trust others, faith to trust that Steve loves me, or that my friends have my back on things. But once I accept the truth, once I know it in my bones, I don't have a reason to distrust it anymore until it's been proved otherwise. I grow in my relationships, and that changes who I am. That's true of my faith in Jesus, too. I didn't accept him right away. It took me a while to have faith. It took me a while to trust in God, to believe in faith to the core of my being that Jesus existed, that he died on the cross and that he rose again, that he loved me enough to take my sin as his own and offer himself as a sacrifice on my behalf. But the more I studied and the more that I learned, it slowly made its way from my head to my heart. It took many baby steps to get me here today, to stand in front of people and share the Jesus that I know with you. But I'm committed to Jesus, and I truly believe that he is able to help us through the whole mess of our lives. I know this and I believe this because I can see God at work in my life. I can see God at work in the lives of others and I can see how they've changed and I can feel in my soul of how I've changed because I know who Jesus is. But he doesn't change our personalities. They don't change. That's unique to each and every one of us. How we carry ourselves how we interact with each other, how we live, it's changed as we become more like Christ. This is the area of being. It's the shaping of the person of who you are. As we enter this feedback loop, and that's what I call it, this brain-heart connection, the more we confess God, the more we learn, the more we study, the more knowledge we have about God, the deeper it goes into our heart. And our faith begins to grow. And as our faith grows, the more we want to learn, and the cycle continues, and this loop begins to happen. It's not enough to just learn and study about Jesus. It's not enough of that. The life of a Christian is more than that. It isn't enough to believe, to just believe either. The two are interconnected, and it's in the balance with each other We're not saved by works, but faith without works is dead. As Christ Christ followers, we have an amazing example in Jesus. Jesus knew God as his Father. He loved him to the core of who he was. He confessed God and learned about him in the synagogues. He had a deep faith and love that went down to the core of who he was. Those things together, they informed how he behaved and that was the doing part of who he was. Lent is a wonderful time for us to focus on the life of Christ, to learn about him, to study him, and to try to understand him, the knowing part of our faith. As we learn about Jesus, we begin to trust him. Just as we are in relationships with others, our relationships grow in depth, and so it is with our relationship with God. It becomes part of us, Part of our daily life, the being part of who we are, the being part of our faith. And it comes from these two aspects that we enter into the feedback loop where we connect our heads and our hearts, and as they connect together, it informs our doing, our actions, the living out of our faith. In all of this, though, there's grace. We aren't supposed to learn this overnight. This is a lifelong process. And there will be times when we don't get it right, when we feel like we're failures or that we're not good enough. Our passage today gives us hope that God will not turn us away. He loves us and he cherishes us. He knows us well. He has designed us to be unique individuals with weird personalities that he redeems for his purposes. Fear of the unknown can keep us from entering into this cycle. It can keep us from writing the sermons we're meant to write. It can keep us away from from candlelight vigils held in honor of those who believe differently than us. But God enables us to love others as we truly seek him. And he breaks down the barriers that keep us from truly loving our neighbor. Our neighbors aren't the people who believe the same things that we do. Our neighbors include everyone love conquers fear and god is love let's pray heavenly father thank you for this passage of scripture and thank you that you invite us into relationship with you that as we know you and begin to know you more that that makes its way slowly into the into our hearts and that you change us from the inside out and that affects who we are, and how we behave. Thank you for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that transforms us all. Be with us in the the week to come and help us to serve you in the way that we're meant to serve you. In your name I pray. Amen.